Good morning. My name is David Blackburn. I'm one of the pastors here at Faith Fellowship. Thank you for being with us today. As you probably are aware of this morning, we have a big heart around here for children and youth. We also have a big heart for children who don't belong to our church. We've had this opportunity for the last few weeks to bless some kids who live in Washington Park, East St. Louis, by sponsoring a backpack. And for $20, buys the backpack and the contents. And we still have some of those that need a sponsor. So after the service, if you'd like to go to the info center and sponsor one of those backpacks, I would appreciate that. These backpacks will be taken to Good Samaritan Ministries in Washington Park and given to very needy children who live in the East St. Louis, Washington Park area. In keeping with Backpack Sunday, I want to tell you about a story I came across. It's about a pilot and his three passengers, a priest, a Boy Scout, and a scientist. The plane develops engine trouble, and the pilot tells the passengers something they don't want to hear. The plane's going down. And he said, we only have three parachutes, and there are four of us. And I have a family waiting for me at home with young children, and so I must survive. And with that, he grabs one of the parachutes and jumps out of the plane. The scientist stands up and says, I am the smartest man in the world. It would really be a shame for my life to be snuffed out this way. So he grabs a parachute and jumps out of the plane. Now, with an alarmed look on his face, the priest says to the Boy Scout, My son, I have no family. I'm ready to meet my maker. You're still young with so much life ahead of you. You take the last parachute. At this point, the Boy Scout interrupts. Hold on. Don't say anymore. We're all right. The world's smartest man just jumped out of the plane wearing my backpack. (laughs) Now, the moral of the story, friends... Backpacks are useful, but they're not parachutes. Do you remember going to the store and getting your school supplies? I've been to Walmart lately a few times and seen the kids with their lists from school and all the supplies they're going to get, and uh, it's an exciting thing to watch them go through the aisles and pick out their supplies. You know, I loved sharpening a number two lead pencil for the very first time. And none of this electric pencil sharpener stuff. It was up by the chalkboard, you know. But I love getting that real sharp point for the very first time. And that box of 64 crayons, you know, it was just massive. And you'd pop that lid, and and it had a built-in pencil, or not pencil sharpener, but a crayon sharpener on the side. I mean, you talk about sweet. (laughs) It's heaven, man, it's heaven. Now, I'm curious, though, because uh, we had a boy in the sixth grade that did this, and I want to know if any of you did this. Uh, and by the way, he's sitting in the back of the class, and I think I know why. Did anybody here like to eat the white paste glue? Oh, yeah. Hey, watch this group right up front. The rest of you, beware. Yeah, oh, mm, boy, he'd just take that open and that little spatula thing in there and... See, I don't remember having a backpack. In those ancient days, I think we used an old burlap sack or something like that. 
How many can honestly say you liked going to school? Recess? Lunch? P.E.? School dances? I wasn't a dancer, but uh, anyway, prom? Report cards? Homework assignments? Brings back a lot of wonderful memories, doesn't it? Well, did you know that before Jesus ascended back to heaven, that he left us an assignment? Jesus, the master teacher, gave us some homework. And I want to read it, and you follow along on the screen as I read it to you from Matthew chapter 28. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Forty days after his resurrection, Jesus was in the region known as Galilee, north of Jerusalem. And there's a a big lake there called the Sea of Galilee. And he was talking to 11 of his disciples. Remember what had happened to one of his disciples? Anybody remember? A disciple by the name of Judas. What had Judas done? He had committed suicide. Become so distraught over what he had done to Jesus that it drove him to suicide. Now, prior to his suicide, Jesus had told all 12 of the disciples to meet him in Galilee after his resurrection. In Mark chapter 14, verse 28, it says, But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. The inference being there that I'm going to go ahead and I want you guys to meet up with me. These were very important words that Jesus spoke that day. They were some of his last words here on earth. The disciples in their three plus years ministry with Jesus had heard his words on many different occasions. When he had healed the sick, when he had raised the dead, when he had cast out demons. They had listened when he taught them about relationships and life, and what it meant to be his followers. And now I can imagine the anticipation they had because he, they knew his time was near, that he would leave this earth. And I could imagine them straining to hear every word that Jesus would speak to them, just as we would if someone we loved was getting ready to leave and never return. You see, these words would be their assignment their homework for the rest of their lives. Before he left to go back to heaven, Jesus gave these 11 disciples, and every disciple sent them an assignment. The assignment, our homework of every follower of Christ, and every church is found here in Matthew chapter 28. You can also find it in the Bible in Mark 16, Luke 24, 
in Acts chapter 1. Now, the assignment that Jesus gave is known as the, the Great Commission. I want you to know, friends, that we take the Great Commission very seriously here at Faith Fellowship. We know that our assignment is one of great importance because it was given to us by Jesus Christ himself as the last command he ever gave on earth. We know this assignment has eternal consequences for people wherever they live on this planet. We know that only those who've been made disciples of Jesus will live eternally with him in heaven. We know the assignment that Jesus gave is the most important thing this church or any church can give its time and money to. Faith Fellowship supports many ministries that are making a difference in people's lives, locally, regionally, and then internationally. See, according to Jesus in Acts chapter 1, we are to be his witnesses in our local area, what we would refer to as Jerusalem, and our regional area, what would be referred to as Judea and Samaria. And then internationally, which is the ends of the earth. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my what? Witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now locally... Faith Fellowship supports through prayer and financial contributions. And prayer is just as important. You ask any of these ministries, the prayer part is just as important as the money part. We support Arms of Love in Godfrey. We support Community Hope Center in Cottage Hills. We support First Fruits in Jerseyville, and many of them were here with us just a few weeks ago. And we support WIBI in Carlinville. And then regionally, as we move out away from our local area, we support Jesus El Senor in Cobden, Illinois, down by uh, Carbondale. And Safe Harbor School in Washington Park, Illinois. Internationally, we support children from Compassion International. Two girls, Anna from El Salvador and Shirley from Peru. And then two boys... Their names aren't quite as easy. Darim from Honduras and Prajwal from India. Forgive me, kids, if I didn't get it right. And we also support Compassion's AIDS initiative throughout Africa, as well as three ministries of Bright Hope International. Now, Bright Hope International has an important... uh, What they want to do is work with people who live on less than $1 a day. So they're working in Uganda, in other countries in Africa, but we have three ministries we support in Uganda, Katosi, Eagle's Nest, and Busia Community. And remember, friends, these are people who live on less than $400 a year. 
in the last 12 months, we have given special financial contributions to Churches United to Serve of Alton, New Life Evangelistic Center in St. Louis, Teen Challenge of St. Louis, Love Packages of Butler, Illinois, and Focus on the Family in Colorado Springs, Colorado. All of these ministries are trying to help meet the needs of people in a variety of ways. Food, shelter, medical assistance, employment, clothing, counseling, education. But they all have one thing in common. They know, as well as we know, the most important need people have is to be reconciled with God through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Paul wrote about reconciliation, and it's not on the screen. I want to read to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 because it's an important ministry that we've been given and is part of the Great Commission. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I can hear Paul's heart plea for the lost. Be reconciled to God. So here at Faith Fellowship, we are intentional about supporting ministries that are serious about the ministry of reconciliation as Paul sets forth here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And as these outlined for us. See, there are many good social service agencies and outreaches to people, but they don't focus on or emphasize the spiritual needs of people. The ministries we support are helping us as a church fulfill our assignment of making disciples of Jesus. You see, whether people live in Alton, St. Louis, or Africa, they need to be reached with God's love and be told of his offer of forgiveness through the Lord Jesus Christ and be consequently reconciled to God. As a church... And as one of the pastors of this church, I know it's our heart to be faithful to the assignment we have been given. You see, when we don't go as Jesus told us to go, and we don't do what Jesus told us to do, we are not doing our homework. In 1929, the Soviet government came up with a plan that they felt would destroy the church. 
and totally wipe it out. They passed a law. Not a law to close the church buildings. Not a law to prohibit church services on Sunday morning. A law was passed to make it a crime to go into the cities and the neighborhoods to reach out to people. In other words, the law that was passed was you can meet, but you can't go. You can meet, yeah, you can come to your buildings, but you can't go out and reach people for Jesus. Unfortunately, what the communists did by a decree in 1929, many churches are doing by default in 2010. Many churches meet. Oh, they love to meet, but they don't go. They don't pray for, and they don't financially support missions, whether locally, regionally, or internationally. They meet, and again, they love to meet, but they've forgotten the assignment that Jesus gave some 2,000 years ago. The greatest teacher who ever walked on the earth gave us three things that we need to carry out our assignment and our homework. Remember, teachers would give you the homework, but then they'd give you what you needed, the, the tools you needed to do that homework. Man, I always loved those teachers. God gives us his power, number one. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Before Jesus ever asks us to do anything for him, he gives us something he knows we need. I want to repeat that. Before Jesus ever asks you or me to do anything for him, he will give us something he knows we need. And what does he give us? Well, one of the things he gives us is the power and authority to do what he asks. See, we as a church and as individual members of this church wouldn't even attempt to carry out Matthew 28, 19, go into all the world and make disciples if we didn't have the assurance we have right here that the authority has been given to Jesus and then he transfers and passes that authority on to us. See, so you see the authority, the authority that Jesus offers encourages you and me to be bold when left to ourselves, we would be weak and we would falter and fail. Our natural response to our homework assignment from Jesus is a lot like that of Moses at the burning bush. And you remember that story when God called him to go to Egypt and to deliver his people. You know, Moses said, wait a minute, God, you've got the wrong guy here. I can't do that homework assignment. Just like many of us, you got the wrong guy here, Lord. You got the wrong gal. We can't do that homework assignment. That Great Commission stuff is for preachers and missionaries. And Lord, I'm not. And you can fill in the blank. And for every person sitting in one of these seats, you could fill in the blank with something. Lord, I'm not. I'm not. And guess what? Jesus says, I know all that. I know all that about you. That's why I'll be with you. And I'll give you my authority to help you. You know, you can do all things through me, Jesus would say. 
as I strengthen you. And I count this good news for a guy like me. And many of you would say, you know, that's good news for me too, Pastor David. For anyone who thinks they're not adequate for this assignment and the homework that Jesus has given us, or it's too difficult to accomplish. Friends, we've been given the authority and power from Jesus to do what he told us to do. We should never forget that along with the authority comes the ability. Anything that Jesus gives us the authority to do by way of individual believers or by corporately as a church, he also gives us the ability to do. He wouldn't give us the authority to do something without also giving us the ability to do it. That'd be cruel and mean. Say this with me. With the authority comes the ability. One more time, with vigor. You mean it. (laughs) With the authority comes the ability. You say, with this great commission comes God's great commitment to help his followers carry out this assignment. You see, we have no legitimate excuse for not completing the homework that Jesus left for his disciples to complete. And speaking of excuses, I went to the Internet, found some excuses for not doing homework. I put it in a safe, but lost the combination. Not bad, not bad. Now, it's a little twist on this one. My little sister ate it. I made a paper airplane out of it, and it got hijacked. The lights in our house went out, and I had to burn it to get enough light to see the fuse box. My mother had a nervous breakdown, and she cut it up to make paper dolls. And finally, one that will be near and dear to all your teacher's heart. I didn't do it because I didn't want to add to my teacher's already heavy workload. (laughs) Don't you love that sentiment, teacher? Kids are looking out for you. But you and I should beware this morning. Any excuses we may have for not doing our homework will not stand up before the master teacher. The more we take seriously the promises of Jesus, the more we will depend upon the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. And as we do this, the more we will be able to complete the assignment that has been given to us. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 that the ability to be witnesses for him would come after the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And if you're a Christ follower this morning, you have that power for the Holy Spirit resides within you. And here's your homework assignment. I want you to go home, roll that back, guys, and look up 2 Timothy 1.14 to confirm the fact that the Holy Spirit resides within you. So we can carry out our assignment because God gives us his power, and secondly, God gives us his plan. 
Jesus is very specific with our homework. He says, here's the assignment, class. You make disciples, you baptize them in water, and you teach them the things that I have taught. Now, if we could read the original Greek, and I can't, I think Pastor Damon can, but I can't. But if we could read that original Greek in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, we would find something that is a little bit obscured in the English translation. The original language says, going, make disciples, baptizing, and teaching. In other words, the main point is not going. The single imperative of this passage is make disciples. This is our central mission, our homework. Until the end of the age, make disciples. Jesus didn't say make believers. Though believing in him is an essential part of discipleship, Jesus didn't say get people to clean up their lives. Though genuine disciples become more holy and clean up their lives as they grow in Christ. Jesus didn't say get people to go to church. Though faithful participation in a community of faith like this is crucial to discipleship. No, Jesus said, I want you to make disciples. To paraphrase, Jesus said this. Make men, women, boys and girls, teenagers, who will enter into a personal relationship with me and my other disciples. People who will put their trust and faith in me as Savior. Men, women, boys and girls, teenagers, junior high, senior high, who will submit their lives to me as Lord in which they allow me to teach them both how to live and how to serve me in the world. When that takes place, all of that takes place, we have truly made disciples and done our homework assignment. We must never forget, Faith Fellowship, that our assignment in our Jerusalem, our Judea, And around the world is not merely to make converts or church members, but to make genuine, authentic disciples of Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? See, Jesus told us we were to make disciples of all nations. That's everyone, friends. No one is to be excluded because of their race, religion, their creed, or nationality. We're to make disciples of Gentiles, Jews, Muslims, Buddhists, Hindus, humanists, communists, socialists, capitalists, people who are red, yellow, black, brown, or white, those who are Democrats, Republicans, independents, atheists, agnostics, and seekers, all nations and all peoples. And there's one single reason for this. Why would Jesus ask us to do this? Luke Speaking about Jesus wrote this. Nor is there salvation in any other. For there's no other, what? Name under heaven given among men by which we must be, what? 
Who's he talking about there? Whose name? Jesus. All nations, all people. The name of Jesus to be taken. That's the only name. In order to make disciples, we are to go or be going into all the nations. Now, to go into stands the reason you must first get out of. And we can't complete our homework assignment until we get out of the church and go into the world. Well, brother, does that mean uh, we have to sell all of our stuff and move to South America or China? Probably not, unless you're called specifically of God to do that. Because you see, from God's point of view, most of us are already where He would send us. You have your assignment right there at your school, your place of business, your home, that store where you shop, that health club where you work out. See, God has strategically placed Faith Fellowship, one half mile off I-255, that we might make disciples right here in the River Bend area. Oh yes, we're going to continue to fund and pray for and reach out to the world through our relationships with mission agencies we support. But we must also accept our primary assignment of our mission Right here at home. We don't have to go somewhere else to help fulfill the Great Commission. Our primary mission is right here. Right on our doorstep. Right across the street. Right in our schools, in our neighborhoods, in our offices. Finally, not only does God give us His power and His plan... God gives us His presence. Teach them to obey everything that I have taught you, and I will be with you how long? Even until the end of this age. Over 500 years ago, Michelangelo, the great Italian painter, was commissioned to paint the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel in Rome. Anybody been there? Just curious. Anybody been there? A few have actually been there. I've seen some pictures. It's considered a work of genius and inspires millions of tourists who go to the Vatican City every year. It took him four years to fulfill his commission, working on a scaffold 65 feet in the air. PJ, how, fa- how tall is the ceiling from the floor here in this building? So about uh, two and a half times this high, he's working on a scaffold. And in, in researching this, we all believe that he painted how? On his back. Not true. He painted like this for four years. And consequently, he had problems with his neck. Duh. <laughs> so how long will it take to fulfill the great commission that Jesus gave to his disciples? Not just four years or 400 years. It's been nearly 2,000 years, and the assignment is still in effect. Some here this morning 
may live to see what we refer to as the rapture, the catching away of Christ's followers to heaven, which will bring the biblical end of the church age. But for most of us, if not all of us, the Great Commission assignment will be done when our life is over. In other words, we work on the homework until it gets done or till we go home to be with Jesus Christ. On Thursday, the 2010 preseason football schedule began if you discount the Hall of Fame game in Canton last weekend. How many of you like NFL football? Come on, I'm not, it's not a trick question. On the count of three, I want you to shout out your favorite team. He never did too well in math class. <laughs> he really needs help, friends. Okay, so on the count of three, and I can get to three. I, I, I did better than he did. Shout out your favorite team, okay? Here we go. One, two, three. Cowboys, Rams, Steelers, is that it? Anybody else shout out something? What? Chiefs? That person really needs prayer. Raiders? Same thing, a lot of prayer. Okay, we like football. Now, can you imagine a football player coming off the field in the third quarter and saying something like this? Coach, I've been thinking. I've played enough today. You know, let some other guy take my place. And finish the game for me. You know, I'm going to get a shower and head home to relax. Now, I'm not a coach, but I can tell you with great certainty that this isn't going to happen if that player wants to keep his job. Yet it does happen in the church. Oh, Jesus, you know, I've taught this Sunday school class for three years. Or I've worked with a children's program for, for two years. I've been in a prayer ministry for four years. I think I've had enough. I'm just going to relax and take it easy for a while. I've had enough of this homework assignment. Jesus told us that the assignment was not like a sprint in track, but more like a marathon. He said it was going to be until the end of the age. And he promised to be with us to that very end. See, only he knows how many years each of us have left on this earth, let alone the time of the end of the age. And speaking about the end of the age, in Matthew 24, Jesus said this, When the good news about the kingdom has been preached all over the world and told to all nations, the end will come. Jesus is saying, when the good news has been preached, the good news about me, the good news about my kingdom, when it's been preached and disciples have been made and they've been baptized and they've been taught God's word, then the curtain will come down. The fat lady doesn't even have to sing. Jesus is telling us, August 15, 
2010. On Backpack Sunday, that he wants us to stay with the assignment. That he wants us to keep engaged in the homework until the very end. He's telling us that he will give us his power, that he will provide the plan, and he will allow us to sense and know his presence. See, I believe we can do it. We don't have to dream up excuses for not completing the homework. Like millions before us, we can help fulfill the Great Commission in our lifetimes. We can make it a priority as never before. We can pray. We can give. We can shine for Christ where we are. A few weeks ago, 18 of the guys here in the church, we went to the Men at the Cross conference in St. Louis. And we'll do it again next year. I encourage you to be thinking about it. It's a wonderful experience. And we were challenged by one of the speakers there at Grace Church. He said the Lord had kind of been speaking to his heart. Nothing audibly, but just kind of sensing in his heart that the Great Commission was not going to be fulfilled by the likes of Billy Graham or Franklin Graham or Luis Palau, these great big stadium events all over the world, not to minimize the impact they have had for Christ and the kingdom. But he said the Lord kind of spoke to his heart that it was going to be just people like the men that were there and like you and I that are here today. The Lord wants to fulfill the Great Commission with just common folks who love Him. And I'd already decided to preach on the Great Commission prior to that Minute the Cross event. And God began to speak to my heart that, yeah, I was on target about preaching about the Great Commission today. And I asked the Lord to give me an idea that, or give me something that could make a, a statement that After we leave this place, we will remember the Great Commission. So today we have a little globe keychain for you. A little keychain. And after the service, you're going to get one of these. And I don't want you to put any keys on it. It's not very substantial, number one. It's pretty cheap. I'm sorry. (laughs) You know, what do you think? (laughs) Uh, what I want you to do, because there's no key, I want you to realize that you're the key. You're the key to the Great Commission where you're at, in your place of work, in your home, in your school. And I've got one of these taped in my refrigerator to remind me, Lord, what would you have me do? How would you use me in fulfilling the Great Commission? Lord, I want to stand before you someday and know that I did the homework with your help. I was faithful to it. We've all heard that, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So if you put it in your sock drawer, whatever you do with it, I hope the Lord impresses on your heart every time you look at it. Lord, what would you have me to do? We're going to have communion this morning, and when you take that little cup and that wafer, 
I've been praying this week that the Lord would speak to your heart if you'd be open. Say, Lord, show me today. There'll be places you can get on the side with a lot of room. You can meditate. You can go to the back. There'll be people at the communion table that will pray with you. But, Lord, show me today. Friends, you can't, you can't discount this assignment. It's for all of us. It's not just the preachers, not just the missionaries. It's been given to all of us who love Christ. So, Lord, show me what would you have me to do as you receive communion this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today that at some point in our lives, our parents, a children's youth worker, someone, a pastor, brought the good news of Jesus to us because we were a mission field at one point in our lives. And we had the great commission fulfilled in us. And Lord, I know that I want to do the homework assignment you've, been given, to, you've given to me. And I really believe that these people at Faith Fellowship, they want to do the assignment also, Lord. They want to stay with it. They want to persevere. And I pray you'll show them individually, each of us today, what you would have us to do right where you've planted us. And Lord, the band's going to play this great song, Send Me. And Lord, we're asking, just like Isaiah did in the Old Testament, Lord, here am I, send me. So we're asking today, Lord, where would you send us? How would you use us? Help us, Lord Jesus, to be obedient to you today. And it's the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.